All right, so very important note with this sports episode. We recorded this literally the day before all of the, or two days before, all of the crazy Deshaun Watson stuff went down with the Browns. So it's going to sound like we're a little bit behind the times, um, and it's we are, I guess. But otherwise, the rest of the rest of the episode's good to go. But just wanted to put that warning out there for everyone. Thanks. Welcome back to Occasionalist Sports Radio. It's time for the most hot and cold duo in all of sports talk to take you over the line. Here are your hosts, Adam Smoke Chemalewski and the Big Freeze Matt Bagel. All right, everyone, welcome to Occasional Sports Radio. What's that I smell? It smells like someone's weak-ass take going up in flames. That must mean the blonde blazer of sports talk radio himself is in the building. It's Adam Smoke Chemalewski. And I am your venerable cooler of hot takes and hot heads. Throwing out the icy cold truth. It's your boy, the big freeze, Matt Pago. So bring your best takes and your most controversial opinions, but you better hit it hard and take it over the line. That's right, folks. Over the line. We are back to talk some sports with you. Chema, Smoke, how you doing today, my man? Blazing, Big Freeze. How about yourself? Oh, you're always blazing, baby. You're always blazing. I'm keeping it nice and chill over here, man. Keeping it nice and chill over here. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot of stuff going down in the sports world. We got some lockout, baseball lockout stuff to talk about. We got some football to talk about. Tons of stuff to talk about. And it looks like our boards are full right now. The phone lines are full, Chama. We got we got nice. a ton of people to talk to right now. Um, so are you ready? I don't know. Are you ready to get into it? You ready to take well, these people over the line? Let's field these fucking calls. Let's take them over the line. Let's do it, baby. All right. First up, we got Tyler Malibu out in Goodyear, Arizona. Wants to talk a little baseball. Tyler, what's going on, my man? What's up, bro? How you doing? Uh, doing good, bro. Doing good, bro. What do you got for us? What's What's on the docket for today? Well, thank you for taking my call, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you, so thank you. I, you bet, you, you bet. So what I wanted to ask you is, you know, baseball here, the lockout just ended and everything. There's going to be these rule changes. There's going to be these tests in, like, the minor leagues. You know, since I've listened a lot, I hear you guys talk about you love the DH. So other than the addition of the universal DH, what are some of the rules or maybe some of the minor league tests that you guys are excited about? You know, I, I, Tyler, good call, buddy. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, you know, one of the things, obviously, we got the universal DH coming. That's fantastic. But I am, I am most excited about the implementation of the pitch clock. These people on the mound, they take way too long. You got some of these idiots up there scratching their asses for thirty seconds in between pitches. Just get on the mound and go. And I yep. think, I think the pitch clock is set at like fifteen seconds for no one on base, nineteen seconds for someone on base. Um, that's probably okay, but regardless, what we always talk about, everyone complains about the pace of play. It's not about the, I mean, it's about the commercials a little bit, especially if you're watching at home, but I'm telling you, man, watching those pitchers walk around the mound, rub the ball, do nothing in between, just grab it and go. Trust me, as someone who played baseball and was out there on the field, it's much better when that pitcher is moving and moving quickly. Otherwise you get back on your heels and the game gets really, really boring. So I'm most excited about that pitch clock. Smoke, how about you, man? Dude, I said the exact same thing. I am so fucking excited for this pitch clock. This could be a game changer for the game of baseball. And, like, man, you make such a good point about all this little 
shit that happens in between the pitches and stuff. And like the pitcher, the batter's got to take God knows how many practice swings and stretching. And it's like Mark, Mike Hargrove, the human rain delay with the every single goddamn pitch. So this right here is finally going to move the game along in a, just in a much better way, dude. I am so excited to see how this whole thing works out in the live setting. I'm so excited to see how this works out on television, but like, man, to actually time up and add some time restrictions to the game it, and I do believe it'll speed it up. I'm very much looking forward to it. Even if even if the game doesn't necessarily, you know, even if the games are still going three hours or three hours plus, as long as it feels like something's happening, you know, like then then you're okay with that three hours. That's why football can go three three and a half hours. Something's always happening. But in yes. baseball, you'll have long periods where nothing happens. Um, you know, you'll have five ten minute stretches where just nothing is going on. And a lot of that are just are just pitchers walking around. It's mound meetings. It's like love, love the Mike Hargrove drop. You got the guy stepping out of the box, adjusting his cup, adjusting his helmet, doing his batting gloves. There's all this stuff that happens in between that just takes up time. And as long as we're we're starting to sort of clamp down on some of that, I think that's a step in the right direction. Very, very good step in the right direction. I can't wait for this. All right, everyone, we're keeping along with those callers, and we're headed to Austin, Texas, where Barrett Marfield has a question about the Browns quarterback situation. Yeah, uh, hi, this is Bake, uh, 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 Barrett Marfield in Austin. Um, yeah, Hello, so, Barrett. So, uh, hey, th- thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, what do you guys think about the Browns meeting with Deshaun Watson? There's no way that my GM, I mean, um, <clears throat> the Browns GM, is serious about acquiring a QB after committing to me, committing to Baker Mayfield, I mean, in public, right? This is just a smokescreen. I'm totally getting my extension this season. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, Baker's getting an extension this season, right? Dude, I will tell you that this whole goddamn situation is so messed up to me, and, like, I got to tell you, I shouldn't be having the feelings that I have about this situation because – Deshaun Watson has got a huge, ugly gray cloud hanging over his head. And like, of course he's a great player and stuff, but I just, for some reason, I just don't know how this is going to fly in Cleveland. I really don't. And like, I will tell you, I am really skeptical that Baker Mayfield even gets his extension. There's a point where I feel that anything can happen right now. If they are putting up a smoke screen and a show, they should get a goddamn Academy Award because I'm telling you, between Baker's tweet, the trip that Barry and Stefanski took to meet with Deshaun Watson, I feel that anything can happen here, including us, maybe not even getting Deshaun Watson. So my personal opinion is is um, I believe that all this movement is taking place for a reason. I think that if they are trying to scare Baker into submission, this is a really weird and dramatic way of doing it. And I think that um, Baker is on the way out. I don't know if the Browns are going to get Deshaun Watson, and I hate to break this to people in Cleveland, but just people don't want to play in the snow and be in the cold and all this other stuff. If you could play somewhere warm and get the same thing. Um, so I think we might end up in a quarterback carousel or we might end up getting whichever quarterback that Deshaun Watson replaces, whether it be Matt Ryan or Jameis Winston. That's, that's always a possibility. It's always a possibility. And um, I think there – so news news today came out – or not today, but um, p- post-meeting, um, there is some more information about like what the meeting actually was. And mm-hmm. it was like a really comprehensive – 
you know, to me, this is more than, um, you know, that Barrett, which, gosh, the guy sounded real familiar. But um, this Barrett Marfield brought up uh, the idea of a smokescreen. But the details that came out after the meeting seemed like this was significantly more than a smokescreen. There was a whole, apparently there's a whole PR campaign that the Browns are going to go on, you know, essentially go on the offensive to try mm-hmm. to repair Deshaun Watson's image. And that was something that he was apparently very into. Um, that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that he's into going to the Browns. It's just like, you know, that's a piece of it that he's into. Um, because like you said, there's this massive gray cloud hanging over um, the whole Deshaun Watson situation. I mean, it's one, it's just optics, you know, like it's, you know, we the people always conflate the idea of like, oh, well, you know, he's not being charged with anything. He's not guilty. That's not what that means. It means no. a grand jury thought that the prosecutor couldn't prove that he didn't do anything. There was no way you could bring you could bring criminal charges given mm-hmm. the situation. Um, and the fact that there are now, what are there, 22 or 23 civil suits pending, basically? Yep. It basically means that, uh, a, you know, the grand jury said, we don't think there's anything here for this particular criminal case. But clearly there are other, <laughs> the other courts of law are like, yep, let's go. Bring them on. Yep. Um, yep. We can we can settle something here. So something you know. So there is this huge cloud over hanging over Deshaun Watson's head. And man, I I am torn. In, in I am really torn about this because on the one hand, fuck Deshaun Watson. Uh, just fuck him. He's right. clearly a complete fucking pervert. Fuck him. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, holy shit, is he would be would he be an upgrade? And I know. Here's here's where I think this meeting leaves Baker Mayfield. Regardless, unless he shows up next year and throws like 40 touchdown passes and like five interceptions, <laughs> there is zero chance. I repeat, there is zero chance that after next season, Baker Mayfield to Cleveland Brown zero. No, I agree with you on that all the way. Like he's got to come out and perform like an absolute racehorse next year. And I, I don't want to necessarily be this beacon of negativity here, especially because I was so optimistic um, going into last season but I'm just not seeing it, bro. Like, and I hate to say this, but like, what if he lights it up and then the next year it's awful. And then we're having the exact same conversation. And I, number one as a Browns fan, just like hate being in this position, like for crying out loud, Cincinnati fell uphill into a potential hall of famer and everything. And mm-hmm. the amount of draft picks we have, we just couldn't land anybody that could start for three seasons. Well, in fairness, in fairness to, I've seen people say that before, like it took Cincinnati two years to rebuild. No, it took them 32 years to rebuild. <laughs> no, you're, Let's you keep that a, in mind. You make a great point about that. No, you're definitely right. Like it just, for some reason, this just seems to like seems sting faster, a little yeah. bit because we've never, the times that the, and believe me, I love Miles Garrett, dude. Like I fucking love Miles Garrett, but there was never like this consensus number one quarterback when the Browns had, um, had these number one draft picks, right. like even like the year that Baker was selected, it came down to Baker, you know, jo- Josh Allen, uh, freaking like, um, Oh God, was it the, Sam Darnold went right Lam- after, or Sam Darnold went number Sam, three. Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson was in this class and stuff like that. And when you kind of like look back on the whole situation, it's like, were they really going to draft Josh Allen? Number one? No, they weren't going to do that. Nope. So like, I, I don't know. It's just this kind of revolving door of Cleveland football where, you know, we still haven't been able to like land our guy. And I know that Cincinnati has been at it for a while, but like visually it just looks like they, like this whole thing, just like they, they, they fell into it. Like it was so easy for them, you yeah. know? And I wish that 
we had a similar course at least mm-hmm. at least at some point in time because even like when the browns went to the the playoffs and everything last year you still weren't like oh my god baker is just this fucking stud horse animal like let's keep him and you know like i wasn't anyway even though i was very you know positive had a lot of positive things to say about him but yeah. still i i think it was it was less that people were questioning baker and they just and they thought okay we can win with him you know mm-hmm. it, it's not he's not going to be He's not going to change the game on, on a, you know, on every throw, but we can win with him for sure. Um, I, I think there are, there is, there is sort of a third scenario, um, and that's, or I guess, yeah, well, I mean, I guess the third scenario, but basically Baker lights it up. Let's just say he's in the top three, you know, three passers in the league. Um, you could franchise tag him for a year. That's true. Two years. True. Um, this what's what they did. That's what the Cowboys did to Prescott, right? I mean, he was franchise yeah. tag for like two consecutive years, so you could do that. Um, and still sort of like keep your eye open for something better. I, I mean, it, it would be, it, it, I don't know. Like, it's one of those things. Like I, I, I mean, obviously as a, as a Browns fan, I wish like Baker would go out there and like throw 50 touchdowns next year, but then mm-hmm. you're right. Like what happens the next season? Right. Exactly. Dude. There's a lot of variables here. And like, I got to tell you too, man, like, like let's just for example, and I, let's just say that this cloud did not, hang over Deshaun Watson. Part of me is even skeptical about giving Houston a massive haul for him. And I've heard rumors like Denzel Ward, like being in the, in somewhere in here. I've even heard, saw a tweet that made it on, or like a screenshot of a text message that made its round online. where like, Hey, like, you know, the Houston's interested in miles and I'm like, you better not fucking well, that's miles never happening. For, for him. Yeah, no, that better not fucking happen. And so like, I, um, like I'm telling you, I just don't even feel comfortable about giving away such a particularly big load. And even if without the cloud, he could still come here and get hurt. And like, I don't know, we could be in like a Ditka Ricky Williams situation where like we try to win now and the whole thing just completely blows up in our face. And, mm-hmm. we're, and then we're screwed for years to come. The thing, and, and this is like sort of the thing that at least I'll end on here that, that sort of worries me um, is that, as good as Deshaun Watson has been, what exactly has that amounted to in Houston? Not much. Like, nothing, really. Like, he, they weren't good the whole last time he started. They didn't win yep. all that many games. He may have these impressive numbers, but that doesn't, like, that's cool. But, like, your team's still not necessarily winning. You know, Baker beat Deshaun Watson. That was the, the Chubb ran out of ran out of bounds game and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. like, there's a lot of things question mark wise that like you know real detailed football minds have you know like they would consider more so than the average fan i think like from what i've heard on the radio the the radio seems divided between the whole like yeah well you know he's um he's not criminally convicted or whatever and so we should have him like still i don't care like 22 civil suits out there the, the, the guy did something wrong he okay? could like he could still 100%. be suspended he could still be suspended an entire season That's right. That's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah, they could still have that on the table, too. So I've heard some some legal minds call into 92.3 this week, and they made some points about how, like, these civil suits, you could push them back and stuff, Mm -hmm. which, like, okay, great. So you're managing to, like, push the civil suit back, like, two years. So let's just say that, like, in that 
two, you know, if we, in this two year time, Watson's, you know, maybe taken the Browns to like the AFC championship game one season and maybe like the playoffs is his first time here. And then guess what? When they're finally making all these progress, when Cleveland's like a team you want to come play for because they made it to the AFC championship, their quarterback is about to be suspended by the league. And that suspension, like, honestly could come at any time depending mm-hmm. on how they decide to handle these civil lawsuits. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I really wish there was a way we could have pulled a trade for Russell Wilson, but um, you know, um, like you said, I, I think, I think I, I, I do. I, I'm glad you brought up the Ricky Williams thing. Cause I do kind of fear going that hard all in on mm-hmm. one player. Yeah. That, you know, like, okay, fine. Like what if, what if you need those draft picks? in the coming years for things. I mean, um, right. even, not even just like drafting players. What if you like, there's another player that makes sense for you and now you don't have the draft capital to go get them. Yeah, no shit. That's exactly right. Yeah. Or how about like, um, you know, fucking Deshaun Watson gets hurt. The Browns suck. And our number three pick ends up going to uh, somebody else because we invested in this guy and we can't do anything, you know? A lot of risk, a lot of risk for a potential huge reward. Um, Boy, oh boy. But you know what? I, I also like the scenario you brought up when you mentioned that it's it's entirely possible that after all of this quarterback trading and shuffling around, the Browns end up with Marcus Mariota as mm-hmm. their quarterback. It's entirely possible. It is entirely possible. And then in a way, we're kind of sort of back to square one. You know, I, I, like... Yeah, I think I think if that's, if that's one of your options, then why not just stay with the double you know with Baker yeah. Mayfield? That, that's honestly like... If we're getting to Mariota territory here, because Trubisky's now in Pittsburgh, um, I, I honestly think that that's probably the best move because you have really like Garoppolo maybe better than Baker, but a lot of these other people mm-hmm. that we're talking about in the Trubisky Mariota kind of tier, it's the same. Baker may even be better than those guys. Probably is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, you know maybe not like a ton better, but he probably is. I mean, like if, if you just just short history says that he is better. I mean, just flat out mm-hmm. that he is better. Um, and it's it's not very often that a quarterback, especially a quarterback, not very often that they leave, you know, the, you know, after seven, eight years, they go to a team and suddenly figure it out. Like, it, it doesn't happen sometimes. Sure, it took Jeff Garcia several years in the NFL before, you know, he really, like, hit his stride in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, t- you know, took – Drew Brees was a good quarterback in San Diego – and then he became Drew Brees after shoulder surgery and getting uh, and you know moving on to uh, New Orleans. But like that's like right. two cases in the past twenty five years. I know. I'm so sick of seeing these Drew Brees comparisons and everything. Number one, because that is like a situation that's not all that common. You know, like there's been people, journeyman quarterbacks that are going from team to team every single year and all this stuff. I mean, like what happens with these success stories is most success stories are very, very fucking rare. And uh, but at the same time. What if they're right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, what, what if he leaves? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a thing. And then like in 2023, the Browns play whoever he went to and they kick the ever loving shit out of us. Like, and yeah, so I, dude, it's a fucking lot. And I got to tell you, man, like as fans, like I, I don't even think that we should really be in the position to have to even consider this whole black cloud Deshaun Watson thing. Like, I don't even think that we should be put in this situation, but because it just makes me feel so fucking uncomfortable to even try to be like, Oh, you know, well, he is a fucking total douche. When he comes here, I'm going to root for him, which of course is going to be the case. Mm-hmm. But like, 
I don't like having those words like come out of my mouth yeah. here and stuff, you know, like 22, that's a fucking lot. Like one is like mm-hmm. a lot, but like 22 is like, how are you going to fucking do this to us, man? Like seriously, like fuck you. I, I, like just, and believe me, these, these victims and stuff that, that he has done this shit to, I hope that they stick him for so much goddamn money that, um, that he's like, you know, that years, if he does come to Cleveland, like I want like years of his paycheck to just be dumped like right into these victims, like millions and millions of dollars here. Like they should feel something because we have to go through this shit. I don't disagree with you on any of that. I truly don't. It's just such a, it's such a sticky situation. I don't, you know what? I don't need boy scouts, but I I don't want perverts either. Right. That's yeah. That's exactly right, dude. And this just smells of something wrong there it's just there you'd be stupid to think that every one of those people are lying mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just like come on dude like why do we got to be in this situation can't you just go out and find somebody fucking normal that just happens to be good but no no one wants to like the big stars and stuff don't want to come to cleveland like aaron Rodgers was ever going to fucking come here come on i know ridiculous ridiculous all right let's get our next caller here chema um we got on the line we got chet truck nuts Lubbock, Texas. He wants to talk a little college football. Of course, Chet wants to talk a little college football. Truck Nuts, what's going on, man? How you doing? Howdy, y'all. How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, love the name. Love Truck Nuts. They're always hilarious. So tell me, what's on your mind? What, what, are, we, what are we getting into here with some college football? Believe me, Matthew, I love Truck Nuts, too. I got a multiple pair of them myself. So what I wanted to talk about today was the college football playoff because they rejected the bid for the expansion this year. So when are we going to get this thing? Boy, oh boy. I don't, you know, they rejected it this year. I feel like there's, I feel like ESPN slash ABC loses its contract sometime in the next couple of years. And I have to imagine that's when they'll re- that's when they'll reformat it. Basically, when the TV money uh, from this current contract runs out, they'll decide to reformat, and then it'll move. You know, whether or not it stays with ESPN, ABC, or whether the the championship moves to Fox or you know whomever, I I, I have to imagine that that's part of the reason. That's at least part of knowing how motivated by money everyone in college football is. Um, <laughs> that that was part of the reason for an open rejection. Was that like, well, why don't we wait until this TV contract's up and then come the next one we can expand and sort of be able to drive the, the price up higher? That's that's what that's a, what, you know, I don't have it offhand, but maybe, you know, little research. Someone, you know, someone in our crack research department, when you look it up for us, um, we'll have to we'll take a look at it to find out whenever this ABC um, ESPN contract runs out that that's when they're going to that's when they're going to expand to eight teams or 12 teams or whatever it is. Yeah. See, dude, I got to tell you, I think that that is a really good like point to reference and stuff as far as when this whole thing is going to take place. Like, I actually thought that they were just going to tear up all the documents and say, fuck it, we're just going to do it next year. But that um, did not happen. So whenever the TV contracts are for being renegotiated, that is going to be a prime time to make these changes. And I got to tell you, I think that like a lot of people are going to get in on this. Amazon might be making a bid. Mm-hmm. Apple might be putting a bid in. Mm-hmm. So when this whole thing does come to the you know it's final like shaping and molding to be the new college football playoff 
we are going to see a shit ton of money being thrown down to try to get the rights to this thing. And like, I got to tell you, like I, however many teams that they expanded to is still completely up in the air. But if we're, I, we're now looking at this being more of a reality than ever with this, um, the renegotiation deadline kind of on the yearly years horizon. Mm -hmm. Uh, just real quickly, uh, our crack researcher, producer, Jimmy over in the booth there, um, just told me the current college football contract goes through 2025. So okay. that's, you know, if they, maybe they do it sooner, but I would, I'm telling you, they're going to hold whatever network is bidding all the networks, but they're going to hold someone hostage for that. And that, that's how long it's going to take. Yeah. So let's hope to God that they do this soon because believe me, I know Chad, you're probably looking forward to your longhorns being in the playoffs, right? Quinn Hewers is going to take them into the promised land. Yeah. Quinn, love you, Quinn. <laughs> I don't think uh, we'll see about that. I think uh, I don't know. I guess it depends on how many how many more linemen they pay to come down to uh, come down to Austin. But uh, they, uh, I still think they're they're a couple of years away from being a from being a legit uh, a legit contender at this point in time. Um, I think they're gonna. I don't know. I think you're gonna have to wait for for Nick Saban to retire before yeah. that happens. Oh yeah. So Chet, good luck in the SEC. Yeah, that's that's right. You signed up for it, buddy. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. So oh, and, and you know, just real quickly before we before we move on to the next thing here, I I do very good point with sort of the. Um, it's not just that ABC and NBC and Fox are competing with NCBS are competing with each other. Now you got Amazon money. Now you got mm -hmm. Apple money. Apple just bought into Major League Baseball. Um, yep. You got you got all these companies with way more cash way more yeah. way i should well, maybe not way more cash but more cash and probably a bigger need for content so that can't be that can't be um um sort of that can't be overstated basically the need for content for some of these for some of these companies will oh, yeah. lead them to pay exorbitant amounts of money for for this content oh believe me i'm expecting apple to write a big big fucking check dude like those people they're like i know that they have good shows and ted lasso i've actually watched like um some clips of and stuff like that i've enjoyed what i've seen but i think that like if you're talking about people that are in desperate need apple and the apple tv thing is ripe to make a major play absolutely absolutely i agree with you there um and and, and you know amazon's already got its foot in the door with the nfl only a matter of time before they put their foot in the door with college football. Only a matter yeah, of time. Definitely. All right. Uh, we got to take a quick break here. Um, this first segment was brought to you by, this first segment of Over the Line was brought to you by NFTs. Have you ever wanted to own one, that one incredible cat meme from 2000, 2017 or an unknown SoundCloud rapper's debut track? Then NFTs are for you. For as little as thousands of dollars or as much as many millions of dollars, you can own the underlying code for various JPEGs, GIFs, MP3 and MP4 files, simple text documents, and memes, and they're all readily available for free otherwise, but you can still pay for them if you want. NFT brokers are waiting for your completely non-refundable payment, preferably an untraceable cryptocurrency, right now. All sales are final, and all ownership is completely unenforceable. Get your NFTs today. All right, there, uh, Smoke. Are you into NFTs? Do you have any? Do you have any NFTs out there? Unfortunately, dude, those NFTs just to me just go smoking with the wind, man. Like that's something that I don't see myself buying anytime soon. And 
I just still don't even really know how these whole things would work, dude. And I have, I just have this fucking feeling that the more and more I learn about them, the more and more enticed I am to might be to try something. So I just like, I have a general idea of what these are, but I'm not diving too much into this. Listen, if you're just, if you, if you're tired of setting your money on fire, the old fashioned way with matches, this is a Mm -hmm. new way to do it. Yeah. This is the digital age, Chema. Get with the times. Yeah, I got to move into the digital times. I've been used to the old school way of burning your money just by throwing it in a bowl. So, <laughs> Oh, well, that's what smoke does, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what he does. All right. Uh, let's hey, let's uh, we got some more callers on the line. In fact, we got a caller right now that actually still wants to get back on the brown. So uh, let's take uh, Jason Fanta uh, out in Parma, Ohio. Uh, Jason, Yo. you there, man? Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Jason, Jason, we're doing good, man. We're, we're, we're talking Browns here, right? What's going on with the Browns? Yeah, you bet. You know, they're my team and everything. I got a Browns colored affliction t-shirt and everything. So what I wanted to ask you, you know, just a simple thing here. We're into the offseason. It's just been like a couple of days. What do you think about these offseason moves that the Browns have made so far? Well, um, do not like uh, – I understand cost-cutting measures. I get that. But I really do not like um, moving on from guys, from guys like J.C. Treader. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I get it. He's going to cost you money and it's, a, you know, the offensive line is a little bit easier to restock than, you know, than, um, you know, as we know, as we've covered already trying to find the quarterback or trying to find a good receiver, trying to find a good running back. It's a little bit easier to restock the offensive line, but man, you're going to tell me you're going to find someone as good as JC Treader. Whew. I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know about that. And I, I think we're getting a little bit too hyped. We brought in uh chase Winovich. Um, okay with the, uh, okay with the trading of Mac Wilson. He never really hit the sort of potential that we thought he had, especially coming out of Alabama. But I don't know. People are, people are talking up Chase Winovich like he's done anything in his, <laughs> in his brief time in the NFL besides be a part-time player. So we'll see. I, I mean, I get it. And I like the Amari Cooper move, but man, I, I just, I really, that, that JC Shredder one sticks in my craw and we, cause we saw it last year. What happens when you don't have a good offensive line? No, dude, you got that right, man. And this is like the Treader thing is the one that I like, I'm not going to lie. Like I was very sad to see Jarvis Landry go, but for some reason I feel I was a little bit more prepared for that. Mm -hmm. The Treader thing just kind of came out of nowhere to me. And he was a great addition to the offensive line. This offensive line that we have is like pretty fucking amazing actually. And believe me in Cleveland, like we love our offensive linemen there. So this whole thing just kind of took me by surprise. Like the money thing, like, yeah, you know, it always unfortunately does come down to that. I'm sure he's going to go on and play for a team that uh, goes on to win the Super Bowl. that he is a vital addition to that offense. Um, I, I got to tell you, I like the Amari Cooper move. I think it's good that we, you know, bring like at least like somewhat of a name here. Like people know who Amari Cooper is. I think it like um, knowing he's from Alabama and everything, I think it kind of just gives everybody a little bit of like, all right, so we got a, at least a good receiver coming here and stuff. We didn't just pluck some rando off the street. So I am very cool with um, that move. But unfortunately, like, you know, as we not to go rehammer the whole thing, a lot of this stuff um, just ultimately depends on what they're going to do in this quarterback situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's real true. I mean, it's, um, you know, Amari Cooper, he's a pro. He's a pro mm-hmm. receiver. Like you need as like when, when Jarvis first came here, um, you know, he's been banged. He's banged up last year and even the year before a little bit. Um, you need a pro receiver um, in, in, in the in the receiving room. You need a real pro. Um, yeah. Someone that knows the, you know, like 
here's what you do. Like, here's how you run your routes. Here's how you do this. Like someone that's just sort of, you know, I don't, I don't think Amari Cooper has ever really become what we thought he could be coming out of Alabama. Um, but it's not like he's been bad. I think he's got like, you know, several straight thousand yard seasons. I mean, he's a consistent pro and mm-hmm. you need that with, with any quarterback, again, with, with a bunch of other young receivers, unproven receivers, you need that sort of leader. So like, I do like that. I just, you're right. Like we're just sitting there, you know, if, if, um, if, if the quarterback situation is still unsettled, then it just doesn't matter as much who all those receivers right. are. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, dude. So like, I'm, I'm welcoming all of the, with the exception of the treader thing, like I, I'm, I'm welcoming some of these moves, but it's just like, they're so, they're just being overshadowed by a much bigger thing that's going on here. And like, whenever the dust settles from this huge quarterback thing, I think we could finally assess and be like, okay, like now we can start to look at exactly what we have. But when like you have one of the, the basically the most vital piece on the team is up in the air it does really make it hard to even sort of care as much about some of these other off season moves because of what we have going on. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Uh, you know, it's, we're not done yet. You know, that's the whole thing. I think uh, Browns mm-hmm. fans got to remember, we're not done yet. There's still obviously the draft, but I mean, there are still free agents out there. There are still trades to be made. I think the league year begins today or tomorrow. Today. Yeah. Today. today. Um, yep. Whatever. Well, Whatever you're hearing this, the league year probably already began. Um, but, um, you know, so like there's, you know, a lot of stuff. Once I think once the league year ticks over, you're going to see a little bit, you know, yet more movement, official movement. I know the tampering period has already started. So you're going to we, – we're not there yet with everyone that's, you know, with the Browns roster. And, you know, it's for the whole NFL. You're not there yet. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's just the first day. Some of the moves that have happened today have been in the works for a while, especially with some of the big namers. Of the, like, man, when you see some of the shit that's going on, especially what Jacksonville is paying for like, Christian Kirksey of all this, like Christian Kirk, dude, not Kirksey. Kirk, Kirk, yeah, Kirk. Like, dude, it's a lot of fucking money that they're spending here and stuff. So we still have a long, we still have a long ways to go. Absolutely, uh, Chema, who, who we got next in the boards? All right, dude. So we are going to head over to the line to chat with Arnie Rothstein from Manhattan. Oh, God, the city of lights. And he wants to talk some Calvin Ridley and sports gambling. Arnie, how you doing, man? That's absolutely right. I want to talk a little a little sports gambling for you guys out there. I, doesn't it seem a little hypocritical that Calvin Ridley is getting dinged for betting a few bucks on a game? He wasn't even playing it. We got billions of dollars flowing into the NFL via MGM, Caesars, all the other casinos, and all the other big players. How can the NFL or any league reasonably keep their players from gambling? And don't you think this penalty, a whole season suspension, that's just a little too much? I'll hang up and listen, boys. All right, Arnie, I thank you so much for bringing this up here. It is fucking hypocritical as hell, dude. Gambling is... The brand new crazy girlfriend that the NFL is currently deciding to uh, get into bed with and stuff here. And for the amount of money that is tied into gambling in the NFL and now the NFL's open embrace of gambling, especially like you go inside the uh, stadiums and stuff, you have fantasy football informations on like the scoreboards and everything. They are in on this. So it is totally fucking hypocritical for the NFL to be dishing out any type of super harsh punishment in terms of gambling and stuff. And these are games that he didn't even play in. I will say that it does open a whole window of discussion. If he had played in the games, there's something a little off there, but since he Mm -hmm. didn't play in the games, why the fuck, why the hell not dude, these people, everybody in the NFL, like 
they uh, not all everybody, but there's a lot of people in the NFL that enjoy the, themselves some gambling. And I don't understand how they can bet on every other sport except for football. So it is very hypocritical what they are doing. And in terms of the one season suspension, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit fucking much here. That definitely is. And I think that they are doing um I think that what they are doing is wrong. And like, I even think that um, there's some Adam's conspiracy mind is going to come out here a little bit. And I seriously think that um, as the NFL goes further and further into the gambling, well, any type of image story that makes it look like there could be some kind of fixing going on, even though people have been talking about pro sports being fixed for years, it's not going to be good business. So I think that they are just handing out these punishments as like a, um, trying to make themselves look tough, which is completely unnecessary and hundred percent hypocritical. I 100% agree with you. 100% agree with Arnie there in Manhattan. It is extremely hypocritical. Um, you, we, you know, the, I know the NFL has their eyes on expansion, um, to obviously to foreign markets, you know, with London being one of the, one of like you know, I guess their crown jewel of expansion, but even Mexico City, um, you know, obviously they're you know they're going to play they're going to play some football games in Germany this year. Um, so you know they have expansion on their mind. What's going to help drive this expansion is gambling. That's what's driving. That's what's going to end up driving a lot of the things that they want to do is gambling. It's just more and more money is going to be flowing in, and the more teams you have, the more chances you have to gamble. Um, mm-hmm. So this sort of stance is. I'll, I'll say this. I think the suspension is hypocritical and sort of the way the sort of severity with which um, the NFL is treating Calvin Ridley is is hypocritical. Um, I will say this. They are investigating him further because, you know, his initial statement about what he gambled on and how much he gambled seems to be just like the tip of the iceberg. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe there is more to it. But I, I kind of doubt it. The guy makes like twelve million dollars a year. You know, right. like it, it's not like the 1980s when you had guys throwing games or, you know, go back to go way back to the Black Sox who had to pay for their own dry cleaning on their uniforms um, yeah. because Charlie Comiskey was so fucking cheap. Um, those days are so far gone that, you know, like, what do you really get out of gambling fifteen hundred dollars on some games like other than just sheer entertainment sake? So right. I, I do think the sort of the tone the NFL has taken with it is hypocritical. However... Do you know what you're not allowed to do, Chema, if you worked at Caesars in Vegas? You're not allowed to gamble there, right? Correct. You yeah. cannot gamble in your own casino. Um, you can't game. You know, there's no gaming of any variety that you can do in your own casino. And I'm sure that that applies to every casino in the world. That yeah. those employees are not allowed to do it. And is and unless something has changed in the language of the um, of of the NFL's contracts and their personal co- conduct policies. Um, you're not allowed to gamble, and that's right. every sport has that. So while I do think it's hypocritical, you did sign that contract saying you would not do that. And there's there is a reason why. Like there is a reason why like they're really tough on gambling because steroids are one thing. Um, you know, doctoring the baseball is one thing. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess you know spying on practices in the NFL is one thing. <clears throat> but guys having insider information and being able to manipulate lines and manipulate scores, that's a whole other thing that's going to dig into the NFL's money and their credibility. So it's I understand why there's just a blanket, you know, there's a hard no gambling policy. I get it. But mm-hmm. it just seems like it just seems like they're hitting Calvin Ridley extremely hard for this. 
No, dude, I, I totally hear you on that. And like, this is, it's in his contract. Yes, totally. It's just one of these fucking things that I feel like I'm in, like in my heart that is like so goddamn wrong and hypocritical of them. And I, I, I feel that this must be like a um, example making time or something like that, trying to maybe send a message to other players, but other players could just like give their girlfriend 20 grand and have her bet on the game that she's about to play in. Right. Like, I mean, they, there's ways of them getting around this stuff. Well, that's, really want that's to partially do how Calvin really got caught. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes. Trust I, me. There, there, there are, there is a, there are people in the NFL that that's all they investigate all the time. Yeah. There's, and the thing with gambling, the thing with money, there's a record of it. Even if you give right. it to someone else, there's a record of it. Yeah. And like these apps and everything like that. I mean, you have transaction history inside the app of all the different things you do. So if they subpoena the app record, I mean, they're going to be able to find that information. It's not like something that is capable of being buried deep in a hole, you know? Mm -hmm. If, if so, casino, if casino companies ran like, and I don't, I'm not, I'm really not trying to be one of those people, but if casino companies ran like America's finances, trust mm -hmm. me, things would, things would never, there would be no money wasted. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that's a really good point there for sure. All right. All right. So uh, let's, uh, oh, I got you, Chema, here. Uh, we got, uh, we got one more caller on the line here. Um, so who do we got, Chema? All right. We got Tony F from Washington, D.C. Tony, looking forward to talking with you. And we have he wants to get into some unexpected impact that COVID had on sports. Tony, my man, how you doing? Boys, boys, thank you very much for taking my call. Really appreciate it. Um, a lot of things have happened in the world the past few years. Hold on. I, I got to take off my masks here so you can understand me better. But <laughs> as far as the sporting world goes, the pandemic has certainly changed a lot of things. Maybe even permanently. What do you think some of these big permanent changes have been across the sports world? Whew, that is a very, very good question, Tony. Yeah, and you're right, man. Coronavirus has definitely had a uh, had a major fucking impact. That's for sure. I I think at least my answer that I'm going to give with you is something that's permanently going to be changed. There's going to be a lot more like um, zooming and remote kind of stuff, like in terms of interaction with the players and the coaches. I believe they still kind of do it in some capacity mm -hmm. and especially during the off season and stuff like, and um, the great thing is, is that like, if you're somebody who's trying to coach another player, do you, you, you don't want to get on a plane and go hang out in Wyoming and watch somebody throw footballs through a tire. You could just have that guy set up his laptop and take uh yeah. you know, take advice via online and everything like that. So I think that the way that, um, the game is coached and the way that the, the coaching interacts with the, the players is, is definitely going to change because I got to tell you, like a lot of these uh, sports so far, I think I've seemed to abandon a lot of their COVID-19 protocols and at least like when MLB is throwing out some of the stuff. And I think football, you, they are throwing out uh, the COVID stuff too, right? Yeah. They're the leagues are getting rid of them. It's obviously if, if locale, you know, if certain municipalities still have requirements mm -hmm. like the fuckery that's going on with Kyrie Irving, who can yeah. <laughs> who can go to games but can't play? It makes no fucking sense. Um, yeah. That needs to be cleared up. I'm not. I'm not even like a. I'm not even like a pro Kyrie person. But like that is ridiculous. What's happening there? Um, so it's still up to the local municipalities. Um, obviously, it could it could ding the it could ding the Yankees and the Mets because apparently fucking Aaron Judge isn't vaccinated yet. Um, yeah, I saw that interview yesterday. Which, oh my god, <laughs> dude! You've you've now known for over a year that this was going to happen, that you were going mm -hmm. to, especially in light of the stuff that Kyrie Irving's been going through in New York, 
you knew that this was going to happen. So uh, anyway, we don't have to get into that particular part of it. But I, you know, so I think you're right. Like you're actually one thing that you're really right about is the the idea of like the um, the access to players and coaches and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they the NFL restricted it obviously in you know during the first COVID season, and yeah. so like you know reporters weren't you know they couldn't get into the into the locker rooms, couldn't see people you know face to face. Makes sense. Well, guess what? Most teams and leagues have guess what they haven't done yet. They haven't restored um, access. So. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you still can, you can get like, you know, like they still have like, now they have press conferences like they used to, but they don't have the same sort of up close access that, that they, they had previously. Um, and I have, I have to imagine teams are never going to go back to just letting, and it, not for like some public health issue, just, they don't just another excuse for them, not for certain things about their players to not get to these sports writers. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm not seeing them changing that at all, actually. If anything, it seems like having the reporters in the locker room was a fucking annoyance that they had to tolerate and stuff. So, like, Well, no, I, it, it was good. Um, unless you own the team, then it wasn't good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very, very true, actually. But, like, yeah, no, this – like, I don't really see them making those kind of concessions because they, they don't have to. And – uh, if it was something that they 100% had to do, then I think they'd make the concessions. But since they've already been two years without it, that I really don't see them going or making any changes to that. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think they will. And you know, again, like there's nothing that's going to compel them to make changes. Just absolutely right. nothing's going to compel them. Um, but uh, I like the question uh, from Tony, and I, I'll, I'll add to it this: that um, it really became apparent which teams had the better all leagues doesn't matter nfl baseball basketball whatever it became very apparent which teams had the better organizations when you had to when some of these teams had to reach down into you know you know guys that um you know like when when blake hance came to you know literally walked into the browns locker room about two hours before their playoff game and he performed pretty well you know he played pretty well Mm -hmm. well enough that well enough that he earned a roster spot the next season um and and played regularly the next season um, it's really going to test which it's, it tested which teams had the better organizations top to bottom, and I think that that's one of those things that not that like not that you plan for another you know hundred year pandemic, but it's probably forced a lot of teams to go okay, we need to make a better investment in our minor leagues, we need to make a better investment in our practice squad in our how we're evaluating certain players because some teams like just this past year when um, the NBA went through their Omicron. Um, uh, surge that knocked out a lot of games and had some teams, you know, down six, seven players. Um, mm-hmm. The Cav- the Cavs found a couple, of, like a couple of good. Not, they're not good players. They didn't find like fucking all stars or something, but they found rotational players that were just sitting in Canton that right. clearly can play basketball at the NBA level. They just hadn't had a chance before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. This was ever a test to see how good your organization was. I think that this is definitely a measure of how well run some of these organizations were and everything. And you make a really good point about that Browns dude, because they were riddled with COVID dude. Like, I mean, especially like in the end of the the playoff winning season and everything like that, two years ago, Mm -hmm. they were facing obstacle after obstacle after obstacle, and they somehow managed to turn it out. Um, And these, and you're right. Vance got another, he got a spot on the roster and everything got to play a little bit. That's an opportunity that would not have probably presented itself to him had it wouldn't be for the pandemic. So like, that is this whole thing I think is a major testament to like the true colors of how some of these teams are run. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, yeah, it was a in so many ways, the pandemic was a game changer, uh, obviously for for human for humanity. But it mm-hmm. really did do a number on the sports world that I, I think I think when we it's one of those things in the same way that we're going to look back on the pandemic in five years, we're going to look back at the sports landscape and go, oh, there were some really interesting things ended up coming out of this. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, you know, we're still in this whole pandemic thing, mm-hmm. you know, no, despite like how um, the world is treating it. You know, these we're probably due for another flare up of cases some point in time here pretty soon. And um the aftermath and all the ripples of this thing have yet to actually be seen. There could be crazy stuff that just kind of pops up as a result of the pandemic that we still have yet to see. You're probably right. You're probably right. All right. Uh, Chum, I think we got, uh, we got to pay the bills here, don't we? Oh yes, we do. We have a uh, commercial break here. So uh, everybody, we're going to take a quick break and go to commercial. Have you gone from not knowing who the MyPillow guy is to all of a sudden worshiping every word that he says? How about that major cabal of Democrat child molesters that haven't been arrested? Have you ever wondered why that's happening, why that hasn't happened? Or are you just simply wondering why Donald Trump wasn't reinstated shortly after January 6th? Well, believe me, there are a lot of people out there that are like you, that are wondering wandering through the world just completely in a state of awe. So brought to the brought to you by the wonderful folks at Purdue Pharma, we're going to bring to you Cuthadone. For those who need to quit the queue. First you need a prescription, go get your prescription filled, take your Cuthadone, and then hopefully the deprogramming will commence shortly after. So once again, brought to you by Purdue Pharma. Cuthadone for those who need to quit the queue. All right, we are back, and that's it. That's it for this. Uh, that's it for today's show. Uh, big thanks to, big shout out to Jimmy in the booth. Appreciate you uh, doing all our research for us today. Um, Smoke as usual. You were on point today. Fucking could, just blazing those callers up. Loved it. Um, big shout out to everyone out there in Radio Land. We love it, and we are out of here. We're done. We're out of here. This episode is in the refrigerator. The doors closed, the lights are out, and the butter's getting hard. This has been Occasional Sports Radio, and you've been taken over the line!